I am very blessed by what I heard this morning and and I know that there's so much more that was shared over the weekend and um, we just want to encourage you to keep with the prayer life and keep with the um, yeah to share what what God has done in your life and through your life um, yeah so welcome to December we have all the Christmas lights already up we had a team here yesterday working from nine in the morning until very late to try and set this auditorium up and also clean up a little bit and bring up the Christmas lights. It's not done yet, guys. Every week will be a little bit more, a little bit more for you. It's like a little glimpse every week to see what's going on. Um, yeah, and Christmas, usually we see lots of lights. We see lots of um, trees and activity scenes. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if you know, but I'm from South Africa. And right now, it's summer. But it's still Christmas, right? It's summer, it's Christmas, we have the green trees, we have the lights, we have the Father Christmas or Santa Claus, whatever, in a very warm Christmas suit. I never thought that was strange, actually, until some Europeans pointed out, why does your Santa Claus or Father Christmas have a warm red suit on? Why doesn't he sit in like Havaianas or some shorts or something like that? I never found it strange. And now whenever I go back home, I see it looks really stupid for this guy to sit in a mall super hot and he's just super clothed with all this, this yeah warm things but you know one so this is a bit weird that the two christmases are very different my christmas usually we have um we get to sit outside we have some nice summer dresses on yeah you have like you know lots of coats and heaters and fireplaces if you're lucky but in my christmas we have like we can go to the river the day after and it's it's just a different more fun way of having christmas <laughs> Well, we might experience Christmas differently, but one thing that's the same in both sides of the world, two opposite ends of the planet, is really that Christmas brings an air of openness. It brings this opportunity to share about who Christ is and what the reason is for the season. You know, we, um, the, 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 the Christmas trees, the nativity scenes, it's a catalyst for conversation starter. Um, people want to know more about what Christmas is all about. I don't know if it's like this in your churches as well, but usually around Christmas, more people are coming to church and ticking the box that they actually came to church once a year, and that's the, the best day for them to come. Um, and we as a church, we want to make use of that um, opportunity. We don't want to lose out on this opportunity. When people are open, when their hearts are softened to hear about God, we want to really pounce on that opportunity in the bible on in matthew 9 verse 37 and 38 it says um then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers to his harvest field last week gabby shared about um the reason for our faith she so beautifully described um how even though we can do, we can try all we want to, we can do all the things we, 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 ex we think is expected of us, but we have that privilege that Jesus himself came down for us and he did all that work for us. And because of that um, privilege that we have, that we serve this God that did all this for us, we should be motivated and encouraged to go out there and to move and share what God has done in our lives and what he can do in in your friends lives and your family's lives as well that 
conviction that we have, the truth that we have about who Jesus is should motivate us, should give us an opportunity not to stop. We just want to go out and share. We want to just pour out to those around us what he has done in our lives. And when we speak about, you know, the harvest is plentiful. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. The people are ready to hear, but we need to go out there and share. If we don't go out there to share, there will be no one, there, there will be nothing for them to hear. And today, Peter and I are going to share a little bit about some of our experiences about sharing the gospel. I don't know if you know, Peter and I are missionaries here in Portugal. We've been missionaries for seven years. Um, and, and so we, we have some experience and some um, some things that we can share with you. And, and that's what we want to want to do this morning. So I want to start with just sharing why I decided to go on this decision to be um, a missionary. So... I'm from South Africa, and I'm from the big city of Cape Town. Who's ever been to Cape Town? Lovely. I would like to see some more hands up in the future because it's a beautiful space. But it's a big city. And in big I'm just like a typical big city girl, I wanted to be a boss. You know, I wanted to, to manage teams. I wanted to be in transport economics specifically. And I always imagined myself from a very young age that I was going to go out and, like, manage big corporations and all of these things. And, and I had a plan, and I worked hard at school, I worked on the weekends, or on the holidays, I did um, internships and everything, and right as I was about to finish my studies, my university studies, um, well, just after I finished it, I, I felt in my heart that I needed to go on a mission trip through a series of events. God pushed me to go on a kind of a gap year on mission trips. So I landed up in Thailand, I had a distant aunt there and, and all these things. And, and I, was, I ended up teaching English um, to Thai people from all ages with uh, using the Bible. Not, yeah, using Bible stories. And it was a beautiful experience because besides using this opportunity to teach them English, which is something that they need, using the Bible, we also were encouraged to make friends. Before your class, after your class, um, at the end of your week, go and have lunch with them, go for walks with them, use the... Um, the time that you have to share your life as a Christian with someone else who doesn't know who Jesus is. And the experience that I had there was absolutely phenomenal. I had um, very high moments there and I had very low moments. But through it all, I knew that this was where God had placed me and it, it made such a difference to, um, to know that God was using me there. Friends who, be, who were now my friends who now had the opportunity to ask their friend about this God that loves them and knows them so deeply made a big difference in their lives. Um, and then after eight months, I went back to South Africa, and I was going to go back to being a boss. And, um, you know, I grew up, um, I, I, but when I was there, I had a really nice job back then, and, and, um, but I had this itch, you know, like I had a bug that bit me, and it, it, I couldn't get, it couldn't go away from me. Um, I'd never before been hit with the reality that there are actually people who never would know about this Christ that I served. I grew up in a church-going family. Um, I always knew the Bible stories. I sang the songs in from uh, primary school all the way um, till I was older. And I knew that this Father Christmas in the, the Christmas wasn't about the Father Christmas. I knew that it was about Jesus and He came on as this baby Jesus to come and um, save us on this earth. And I thought that the rest of the world should know that too until I was there. So while I was in South Africa trying to be a boss, I, I really started to 
think, you know, this is right for me, but it was bugging me all the time. And I, and I had to pray about it, meditate on this. And, and I was had plenty of time to meditate on this new reality that I was now confronted with. And, and God put this verse on my heart in Romans 10, verse 13 and 15. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How can they believe in something that they don't know? I know. So I have to go and tell them. And I have to go. Simple as that. I knew what my faith was about. So I have to go. And so I went on this journey um, where I met Pedro. He's going to share a little bit about that just now. And we ended up here in Portugal. And even today, we are missionaries at the church, at the Lisbon Project, where we are using what looks like secular skills, but for God's glory. I work in the community life department, which is all about creating friendships. So I was actually lucky I got that post because my job is to make friends and to, to encourage other people to make friends. And through that opportunities, we get to share who Christ is through our life. We get to create conversations every single day, personal one-on-one personal -on -one conversations to share about this hope that I have, that you have, that someone might not have known in in um, something else we had actually had thought about going you know to the far east or something like that he wanted to go to the arabic world i did not want to go to the arabic world and uh, but now the arabic world has come to us and while all this was happening in my heart you know and going back and forth there was another guy on the opposite end of the planet who was having a similar experience and so he's going to share that with you thank you good morning everyone um, did you hear how many times she said she wanted to be a boss? <laughs> now she has yeah. an opportunity to be the boss at the community life, at Lisbon Project. At home. <laughs> at home. At the uh, Connect Team Hospitality. How's your boss? Uh, yeah, you guys have to say yes. Everything is fine. Yeah? Um, but yeah, as I was also thinking of uh, what should I share about, uh, why did I decide to set my life full-time on missions, um, my first thought was, man, I'm really just so in love with Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I find his teachings, um, uh, his life, what we read uh, from him, so rich, so profound, and so inspiring. Um, the more I read about him, the more I want to uh, to read about him. Uh, and so um, I share the, the same uh, words as the Apostle Peter, who I'm honored to uh, share also the same name, so I share that same convic conviction. He once said, who can I listen to? Where can I go? If only you, Jesus, have the words of eternal life. Um, and I could, yeah, basically just stop here and say, I am what I am or I am at where I am at because Jesus is who he is. And that would be enough. And I would just leave the room and I think that would be yeah, quite enough because the person of Jesus in my life, and I'm sure you resonate with him, should fool you and, and, and drives you to move forward. Um, but God took me also on a personal journey. Um, and, and, and honestly, I, I would like to share with you two um, highlights, two key ideas from this journey. 
because my journey was not something like I saw written on the crowds on the clouds, uh, Pedro go here or you know oh, I didn't have like a specific dream or vision. Has some people might, but it was a very uh, rational process. Things uh, took time to develop, um, and and so I would like to highlight how God called me through a process. And so one of the seasons I, I like to call it is I went through a season of recruitment. And so I studied mechanical engineering here in Lisbon for six years, only then to jump into South Africa and full-time missions, and I've never done professional engineering again. And so I, I asked myself many times, wasn't it a waste of time to study hard for six years and, and all of that? But now I recognize that it was a recruitment season that God um, had for my life because he wanted me to grow and to mature um, before he decided that I was at least, um, yeah, mature enough to, to step to step further. And so as I was living here in Lisbon during that time, I started getting more serious about Christianity um, and being a bit more involved in the local church and in some university movements. And I remember back then realizing and, and having this thought, um, I was so blessed to actually grow in the family that I, I had. Um, not everyone can say that, uh, but I was really blessed by my family. Not that we were a happy, perfect family, far from it, but the name of Jesus was an ever-present name in my family. I grew up learning about Jesus, and, 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 and most of my family believe in, uh, uh, um, on Jesus. And as I was here living in Lisbon, I was living at my grandparents, and their lives was just such an example. It was my spiritual university time with them and even in their like 10 people congregation it was such a blessing for me to spend that time so god planted a seed in my heart during uh, those years and yeah he planted the seeds uh, and i started recognizing if if much was given to me then much will be asked of me when i finally meet my savior face to face um and there was a healthy responsibility it was not something i was fearful about but that motivated me to then move forward. And it's something that I'm still, uh, I'm still reminded every day. Well, God brought something into my life. I need to use that and move forward. And I don't know if you feel the same. Uh, maybe you also experience that, that privilege to be called and be where you are. And therefore, you want to use that call to, uh, to make Jesus known to other people so they can also experience that life-changing um, experience. Um, that, was, that was the first thought. The, the second um, thing that was really important for me and really is, is really this idea that Jesus is coming soon and very soon. And that's just beautiful. I eagerly wait for the moment, like Elena was sharing, when we'll finally meet him face to face. And perhaps we won't have words to say, Perhaps the best will just be quiet and contemplate and, and thank him and, and spend that eternity, inter, um, eternity discovering uh, who he is. Um, so also with Peter, uh, because of that reality and that thought that uh, I don't know if Christ is coming tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be next month. I don't know if you will take a couple of years or if I don't know if I'll have an accident this afternoon and I'll meet him face to face. But because I don't know. Uh, how much time is um, given to me. Like Peter said, I want to be found living peaceful lives. 
like he says, be found, uh, church people, um, uh, living lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. So that was something that I, I, I strive uh, to do. And, and one day, um, actually, I was on a missions conference and a friend of mine was, was sharing what were the verse that she took as her mission statement. And I liked it so much that I also took that verse for myself. And it's the words of the Apostle Paul in Acts 20, 24. Paul says, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Which work is this? Is the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And for me, I was, I was so amazed. How can Paul say something like, My life is worth nothing unless I use it to share the gospel to others. Um, how, um, yeah, how, how close to Jesus must Paul had been to say something, to confess something like that? I don't think he was saying that anything else was worthless. I think he was saying compared with the privilege of, of sharing Christ and living with Christ, everything else is worthless in comparison. So I took that for myself and... Um, I want to live in the same way. Uh, I'm, I'm still not there, <laughs> honestly, but I want to meet that standard. And, and that, was a, that verse is a driving force for me to, to do missions. So with, this, um, yeah, with these two main thoughts, with that motivation in my, in my heart, I decided seven years ago to say to God, okay, God, I finished university. I'm yours. I'm available. Use me. And in seven years, God took me to be started being more bold uh, in my area. But then he took me to share the gospel in Sri Lanka. And then he took me to cross the Indian Ocean in a vessel with four other volunteers. He took me to church, do church planting in Lesotho and then spent two years uh, in South Africa. And then without, again, any clear vision in the clouds, God planted me and Jode here in Lisbon. And now we have the opportunity to serve at an international church and at the Lisbon Project, where all these people are knocking at our doors and we have the, the privilege to share. So because, because I set forth as I'm available, just in seven years, God has took us, uh, took us yeah, into an incredible journey, I must say. So this was a bit of our motivation and hopefully you resonate with some of these um, ideas. But uh, we'd like also to go a bit more practical and share with you some nuggets that we find important in what making disciples and sharing the gospel is all about, or what is not all about. Because as, as Gabby kickstarted uh, last, last week, and as we into this series of going, we want to be this church that is outward. And so just some practical ideas that I would like to start by sharing with you about... Um, what, about the gospel that we want to, to share. Um, and the first idea is that we shouldn't share a gospel, um, a message of the gospel. It's not a turn or burn type of message, but it's also not a sugar-coating gospel. When you look at Jesus' life, Jesus compared to all the other prophets, he was the one who actually spoke the more about the reality of heaven, uh, of hell. And heaven as well. But also Jesus lived an intense life of demonstrating love and, and 
acts of kindness and service to everyone. In one hand, Jesus had harsh moments that he highly criticized the Pharisees for their high religiosity. But in other moments, he was with the lepers, with the vulnerable. He touched the, the, the lepers he had, and he hung out with prostitutes. Paul and our life group just uh, um, studied that during these last 10 weeks to the church of Corinth. He told them to exclude from their community a guy that was proudly living in sin. And years later, he told to that same community in Corinth, okay, forgive him back and accept him back to your community so that this guy also doesn't get lost. And I could go on and on and on, but the point is, as we share the gospel of Jesus with others, the gospel has to be shared in its fullness. And it's, and it's real. And there's times where, um, and it's the gospel message, we have to bring bad news. And there's a season where we bring good news. I mean, the word gospel means good news that are shared. But those news are only good if the reality of what the bad news um, if people know what the reality of bad news are about. So yes, the gospel is sharing about and confronting people about the reality of sin and how sin pollutes and vandalizes our life. But the gospel is that good news that uh, through Jesus Christ we are able to overcome <laughs> sin. The, and, and here I was just putting down some examples of how do we f navigate uh, in, in, this, in, in, uh, in these seasons and in these moments of uh, and how to, to share the gospel. Uh, you know, the gospel is not about, guys, come to Jesus and all your life's problems will be solved. It's a walk on the beach um, and you'll prosper in everything you do. It's not that kind of just of good news. But, um, but Jesus says, well, you will have trouble in this world and you will be mocked and you'll be hated because people hated me but also sharing the gospel is not is not sharing something like well shame poor christian you must downgrade your life do not seek any pleasures and going clubbing is not holy at all um, sharing the gospel is not holding boards on the streets with those hateful or hard messages that people uh, might find it so strange and actually uh, set them um, uh, away um, but also the gospel it's not about sharing something like well do whatever you want because God will forgive you and you are so loved so do anything you please because Paul also says well I can do anything but not everything is good or beneficial for me it is said of Jesus ministry that he shared grace and he was gracious to those who were humble and he shared the law to those who were proud. So Jesus knew his seasons, he knew his audience, he knew his people. And I, so I think we are also called to read the room, read who are we talking with. And I can only know who I'm talking with if I get to know uh, that person. Um, and, um, and people hold different worldviews. In the Portuguese um, culture, worldview, um, we are very, um, we like to think of the gospel in a very um, um, innocent and guilt um, way, you know, like I'm guilty of my sins, 
uh, but Jesus came clean of my sins and now I, I can be presented as innocent before Christ. But maybe in a more African culture, the gospel has, um, has more of that, um, 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 it's more about the power of God and the power over, over, over that, that God can transform over your life. Or even the fear of being away from God. Or maybe in the more Asian culture, uh, it's more about that honor uh, that God brings to your life compared to the, uh, how shameful you might be because of your sins. This honor-shame culture. And this is just like broader worldviews, but then each person has their old view, worldviews and they grow into a, a specific family. So sharing the gospel is not just trying to compact the gospel that will fit everyone, but it is to read the person, read the room, read your audience, and how can I share and be faithful to the real, full gospel of Jesus, but how will these words and this message strike his or her heart? As we try then to share the gospel, another practical thing that I would like to say about sharing the gospel, that sharing the gospel <coughs> is not forwarding WhatsApp messages. Even though the title might sound ridiculous, I think that happens more than often. Um, you know when you get those messages that says, God loves you, but then after a while it says, well, God will curse you if you don't share this uh, message to five people in the next five minutes, you know? Um, and we may feel somehow compelled to, uh, to, to send it because we might even agree to its content, but, or we can you know, check on our evangelizing duty of the day. But many times, and I don't know if you feel that, I think we kind of emotionally manipulate ourselves into this pressing thought of maybe my duty is to just send this message because this is the work of God and I, know, I, don't, know, I don't know what might happen, but maybe I should just send it. Um, or maybe we were like, well, you see, it doesn't take much time for me, so I'll just forward and blast it to, I don't know, how many contacts I have on my uh, phone list. Can the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, he who died for our sins, he gave his life, can this gospel be explained in simply three text lines on WhatsApp? Can it be summarized in a five-minute explanation of the gospel and now pray after me and you are safe? Do we expect real life transformation in someone if we just present a quick fix, sellotype, compacted gospel? I honestly don't believe so. If God loved so world, if God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to live among us, to serve and to die on the cross. I don't think it's fair that we try to then just share a quick, summarized, mechanized gospel message um, and say, this is God's love letter for you. I don't think it's fair. Um, I don't think we are loving God in doing so. And I don't think we are loving the person who is listening to uh, because we are not applying effort into it. We are not loving our neighbor. They might be a victim of our own lack of effort. Um, and we might actually be more doing than wrong. So if making this... Uh, huh? well, we might be doing more wrong than good. We are all aware. Um, if making disciples is not just about sharing a mechanical message to someone, 
I believe it is sharing a life-changing message that no, we know it comes from the heart of God, but it also is about sharing how that message has changed our life, how our life has been ch uh, changed in the light of it. And, and Sepida was just sharing that a few minutes ago, how she leaves her faith and the freedom that she feels because God has transformed her in, in that way. And, 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 and so sharing the gospel becomes personal and becomes honest. Um, it takes time and it takes dedication from our side. Um, our lives on a daily basis should be this visual, walking, talking, uh, visualization, sounding visualization of the gospel of Jesus Christ among the people that are around us. And so I loved what the Apostle Paul wrote to, to the churches. And he says, in, uh, in Apostle John, he says in 1 John, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, who we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was now revealed to us and we have seen him. So now we testify and we proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you have fellowship with us so that you connect as well with us and our fellowship is also with the father and, and with the son jesus christ so i'm writing these things to you so that you may fully share our joy you see john met <laughs> jesus christ he walked uh with him and so he says and he goes over and over yes jesus is this eternal life is the eternal word he is god himself but I'm sh and I'm sharing because I've seen and I've walked with him. And he's bringing this personal experience as well. So how has Jesus changed your life? Uh, how have you seen him? Uh, how have you learned from him? How have you experienced him? And how are you able to share that same gospel through also the experience of our life? Because I believe that our personal experience full by the gospel of Jesus Christ is a very powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing. So what is the gospel or what is not and how to share or how to not was just some practical ways of, of what we thought about. But today we'll um, move us forward in, in what making disciples is all about. The best way for us to share that personal experience that we have is to actually share with someone that you trust. And we can learn, we can build trust. Only way we can build trust is through building relationships. Among the many things that I've learned in my time of, of doing missions, and, and we've been through, we've been through a, a Bible school where they, sh in fact, teach you multiple ways of sharing the gospel. And, um, and so we've done knocking on the doors. We've done um, uh, building the relationships, doing outreaches. Um, and for me, the one that is most effective is truly to build relationships. Um, because when you build relationships, it becomes so much more easier to share about the God that you serve. As you build those relationships, you, you build trust as well with that person. Um, and it's not just what you're saying, but also the way that you live your life that can be seen 
um, to the person that you're walking with. They can see how you treat other people. They can see how you how kind you are to them. They can see this Christ follower who they befriended actually mirroring the Christ that we serve. Because that's what being a Christ follower is all about. is every day trying to walk closer and closer to God. And through that lifestyle that you love, they see that too. They see this Christ in you. And it sparks a, a curiosity um, within them. What you do every day, how you speak to others, will speak so much louder than your words. Our gentleness and our sincerity speaks volumes. In First Peter verse 3 um, and 15 it says, In your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. The Bible reminds us that we have to be ready at any time to share about the hope that we have. I was so happy when uh, Sepedi came to share because in her example, um, her boldness already spoke louder than, than her own words. When she could say, no, but I'm a Christian. I don't wear the hijab not only because I'm in a different country, but because I've, I've accepted this God who gives me the freedom to do as he's planned for my life. And she's, she said that with boldness and they can see that through her life. And she was ready to share that even if, if maybe that could have been a risk for her own life. I remember when I was um, in Thailand, one of the friends that I was, um, one, one of the girls that I was building a, a friendship with, um, she would constantly see me always pray before the meals that we were eating. And one day she asked me, Jode, can you teach me how to pray, please? I know, in fact, she was actually just looking for a different way to learn English. But for me, that was an optimal opportunity to explain to her, yes, this is why I pray, and this is how I pray, and this is who I'm praying to. I knew at that moment I had to be ready to share, to grab that moment, not just to say like, okay, you say, how, Father, what in heaven? It's not a repeating of words that she can learn English. It's for her to understand the meaning behind it and who I'm praying to and why, and go from there to... Um, yeah, to who Jesus is and open up the conversation for, for sharing more about God. She was already seeing in, in our friendship, she was already seeing the lifestyle that I was living. She was already seeing the manner that I was being kind to her or, or the way that I was treating her. And, and our trust was already built. And that intrigued her. And she, she had enough trust to come to me and ask me, Jode, teach me how to pray. In a friendship, it's not only easier to share the gospel because you know something, but it's because you, after a while, you have a, a um, you feel a genuine duty to make sure that this person that you've grown so close to has a chance to know about this God that you serve, has a chance to um, to accept eternal life that has been given to them. And I'm sure that all of us here know someone, whether that's a friend or family member or a colleague, that you actually... That it, it hurts your heart that they don't know yet or that they don't know the full gospel yet. Maybe here in Europe they know who this person Jesus is, but do they know fully who this God is that you serve? They might know about the baby Jesus because it's, it's in all the nativity scenes in the malls, but do they know why Jesus came to earth for them? Do they know what that means? Do they understand the bad news to fully understand the good news? It's so important that we be intentional with these friends and to look out for these opportunities of conversation, look out for those open, um, open doors to share. 
and then pray. Pray for those friends. I've, I've shared this story before, but I'm in, for those of you who haven't heard it before, Pedro's father um, has a beautiful test. Pedro's parents have a beautiful testimony that when they started dating, um, his father was a Christian. His, his, his father's family, it, it comes from um, yeah, pastors and people that daily share about Jesus. But his mother was not. And she was a bit rejecting, reject, like of the, of the gospel, and she didn't want to hear it, but she liked Peter's father very much, and so she was continuing this relationship. And he was, through this relationship, sharing who Christ was through his lifestyle. He was sharing who Christ was through his words. He shared what the gospel meant. But this lady was a wall. She didn't want to know about this Christ. She only wanted to know about Pedro. She didn't know, want to know about Jesus Christ. And then one day, Peter's father came home to his to his mother, Peter's grandma, and said, I'm done talking to Louisa about Jesus. I'm going to start talking to Jesus about Louisa. And so he started to pray for her. He said, I did my part. I shared the gospel with her. I'm living the gospel out uh, every day. And now I need to pray. In the Bible, it says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, the first three, verse 3, verse 6 and 9, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is any is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So after you've done all that you can to share the gospel, it's not your job to make converts. It's your job to share the gospel, to do your part, to be faithful in your part, and God will do the rest. After lots of praying and lots of crying before God, eventually Louisa Lush became a Christian. And as we already heard, that in their household, Peter grew up with two beautiful parents always sharing about the gospel, and Jesus' name was an still an ever-present name that we are in the home. And maybe you ask yourself, but Jodie, do I have to go out of my own home? Most of us are already out of our own home. But do I have to go far and wide to actually share the gospel, to make a difference? Um, and the answer is, no, of course not. We all have a duty to make a difference and to share the gospel where you are right now. Yes, of, co of course, God can send you to the ends of the earth and... God does need people in the remote areas of Somalia and Sudan to share the gospel where maybe if there was no Christians going there, then there will be no um, there will be no evangelizing and Christ's name will not be heard. And some of us need to leave our homes for that to be happen. But at the same time, if we all head off to Sudan and Somalia and to Thailand and, and, and far ends of the earth, who's gonna stay here and share the gospel here? If all the teachers decide to leave the schools, who's going to, if all the Christian teachers decide to leave the schools today, who's going to share the gospel in the schools here in Portugal? If all the ner Christian nurses leave uh, to go on missions, who's going to share the gospel in the hospitals? If all the telecommunication agents leave teleperformance, who's going to share the gospel at teleperformance? We have a duty to share the gospel where we are. You have a colleague, you have a friend, you have a cousin or someone who doesn't know fully the gift that is waiting for them. And it is 
your responsibility to ask God every morning when you wake up. Okay, Lord, who do you want me to speak to today? Can you show me or can you put a bell in my mind when someone opens, when there's a conversation starts and how I can direct that conversation to be more and more about you? As we conclude, um, I just want to highlight one last thing is that making disciples, it's a process and it's a journey where there's a before and after. Um, so I'd like to um, throw you uh, this question. Uh, when were the disciples of Jesus, um, when did they become born again believers? Was it before, during Jesus' ministry, or did they only become born again believers after the cross and the resurrection episode? Um, they did follow Jesus for three years, uh, but during that time, little did they know what was the full scope of the mission of Jesus on earth and what he was going to unleash through all the earth. Um, they did love Jesus and they confessed that, but at the same time, many times we see doubts uh, in their hearts and their expectations and their agendas regarding this Jesus the Messiah guy uh, were not exactly aligned with Jesus' agenda of what he was to do. Um, and they did learn from Jesus from um, during those three years. But only after the events of the cross and the resurrection, only after that they were able to fully then understand the meaning of what Jesus was doing and his mission. And only then they believed in the completed version of the gospel. So in the same way, um, we are called to make disciples. That's what we're talking about here. Um, but making but disciples, um, it starts before they actually fully believe in what the gospel is. Um, in other words, making disciples uh, doesn't start only when they accept the Lord and Jesus, uh, Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and then uh, they become a disciples and I can walk the road with him. That journey doesn't start there. It's the, that journey starts from day one, when there's a conversation uh, happening when someone shows some sort of interest and they want to move forward then you are called to embrace him or her and start walking that road together and that's what Jesus says you know go and teach them and uh, teach them to follow and obey um, what I have commanded them to do so and so that road, as they were sharing, is to be built on a basis of a friendship. Um, and, uh, and, and our actions are, we are called to be consistent in our actions um, together with our words. Um, and so with all of this summed up, I would like to call the worship team to come forward. And today, what's happening next? And as the worship team comes up, we want you to start just taking a moment, meditate on what you heard now this morning, to think about these ways that we shared about what the gospel is and what the gospel, what the gospel is, what the what the what evangelism is, and how to make disciples. And in a, in a little bit, we're gonna everyone's gonna receive a New Testament Bible. This. It's not necessarily a gift for you. If you don't have one, maybe you can take it. You maybe you need one. 
but actually this is a tool for you to give to someone else. We're gonna ask you throughout this month of December, taking all the notes that you've made about what evangelism is, what making disciples is, think about someone as we worship now, think about someone in your heart, in your schools, in your community, at your workplace, in your family, someone who needs to know about God. And pray about them right now. If you wanna write their names in the Bible, or if you don't have a name right now, Take this week and really meditate on this message and ask God, who can I give this Bible to? Who needs to hear more and more about you? And when that opportunity comes for you to give that Bible, do so with boldness, but with gentleness and respect, as the Word of God says. So, yeah, let's take some time now. Let's worship God. I'm going to ask you all to stand and, and then just take some time to just pray about about who God is putting on your heart right now to share this message with.